Despite the prophecies and the undeniable bad fortune of the previous year, the world appeared to be intact and London at least was almost wholly returned to normal. While the exact nature of Polichinello's performance is unknown, puppet shows thrived on satire and farce, subverting the narrative of well-known events, fables and histories. It was the third time in just over a week that Pepys had seen this particular show, and he thought it to be the best that ever I saw. Joined by his wife Elizabeth, her friend Mary, and their acquaintance Sir William Penn, this cheery, albeit windy, Saturday afternoon would continue with food and wine at a nearby alehouse. It was a typical afternoon in the historic metropolis of London. Only it wasn't typical. Within hours a fire would begin in the heart of the city. It was to be a fire that would transform the London they knew forever. Part 1. 1665. Chapter 1. The London Burns. For it is observed that in most families of England, if there be any son or daughter that excels the rest in beauty or wit, or perhaps courage or industry, or any other rare quality, London is their north star, and they are never at rest till they point directly thither. Edward Chamberlain, The Present State of England Tuesday, the 7th of March, 1665 The day started like any other. A pale winter sun brought the dawn. Casting a mottled grey glow on glazed windows and icy puddles, it offered light but little warmth. London was a month into a deep frost. Across the capital, people woke to clanging church bells and the hubbub of the streets, barking dogs, clattering carts, calling pigeons and chattering early risers. Candles and fires were lit, chamber pots were emptied, food and drink were taken, and the people of the metropolis prepared for the day ahead. The butchers, bakers and tallow chandlers, the booksellers, grocers and coffee housekeepers, the apothecaries, goldsmiths, and city drapers made the short journey from their living quarters upstairs to their shops and businesses below. The rest of the city's inhabitants stepped into the big wide world, their misty breath swirling and rising above the medieval streets. On this day, if someone had viewed the capital from above, they would have found a city that had long given up the fight to contain itself. A vast canopy of tiled roofs, Gothic church spires and stone chimneys emitting thick black smoke covered a warren of passageways and streets below, some unevenly paved, others hard mud and stone. These streets, so narrow and incommodious in the centre of the city, according to John Evelyn, cleaved through a discord of overhanging timber-framed buildings, replete with heavy wooden trade posts suspended overhead. To John Milton, who resided at Artillery Walk to the northeast of the city, it was a place where houses were thick and sewers annoyed the air. Indeed, that air often made visitors sick, with Thomas Elwood being forced to leave three years earlier due to the sulphurous air of that city. Writing some decades later, the poet John Gay asserted that mornings were the best time to travel because no tides of passengers the street molest. Those navigating this labyrinth on foot, and there were a great many, 
kept close to the walls so as to avoid the waste from the troublesome and malicious spouts and gutters above, and the hackney carriages and sedan chairs in front and behind. During busy periods, fighting for the wall was common. In 1664, Samuel Pepys recorded how two men jostling for the wall about the new exchange did kill one another, each thrusting the other through. Thanks to its meandering streets, it was, as French philosopher Samuel de Sorbière declared, the type of city that required a year's time to live in it before you can have a very exact idea of the place. And while brick buildings could be found in the wealthier areas, the medieval dominated. Once a modest Roman settlement, the ancient city walls had surrendered to London's growing population and prosperity allowing the capital to spill out of its old boundaries and form a metropolis of three parts. There was the mercantile heartland within the historic walled city of London, reached by the six cities.